the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, when the Lord is our rock, when the Lord is our fortress, He becomes our refuge. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. Hey, we're kind of doing an intro. This is part two to the intro to the book of Psalms because I'm starting this brand new study through the book of Psalms on our midweek study on Thursday nights at 7.30. And so we started it last time and we were just talking about how the book of Psalms is filled with so many people and how it looks at every single aspect of men in the Bible. You know, we get the every aspect of the greatest men in the Bible, and we see them at their best, and we also see them at their worst. We see every aspect of the soul of man on total display here in the book of Psalms. And so we left off last time with looking at Jonah. Remember the renegade prophet who was running from God? How did he think that he could board a ship that was made with hands, human hands, and cast out in an ocean that was created by the creator God himself and think that he could flee from the God of all creation? But he thought he could do that. But as you know, as he was heading in the wrong direction on his ship, God caused a great storm on the sea, which caused the men on the boat who were fearing for their lives to realize that the storm was there because Jonah was fleeing. How did they know that? How did they know he was fleeing from God? Because while they were freaking out for their lives as the ship was getting tossed around like a rubber duck in a blender, it's like Jonah was catching Z's sleeping like a log down in the hole of the ship. Well, the men were just, you know, crying out to their gods, which, you know, there is no other gods, you know, but they were crying out to whoever they were hoping would save them. And, of course, no help was coming. So they went down and they woke up Jonah. How is it that you can sleep through this? He says, well, hey, guys, it's all my fault. And, you know, it's like I'm running from God. I'm running from the creator of the universe. And they said, like, oh, my goodness. He says, look, the only way we're going to get rid of the storm is if you throw me overboard. Well, all the men were saying, well, that's inhumane. We can't do that. So they were throwing over all the cargo on the ship and everything. And finally, when none of that worked, they went back and they had two words for Jonah. See ya. And they chucked him overboard. You know, and I wonder, you know, thinking about the storms in life, are you in your life experiencing any storms? Because maybe you, like Jonah, are running from God's will uh, in your life, and God is trying to get your attention. See, many times when things 
start turning upside down in our lives? It's because God is trying to get our attention. Listen, when we're on vacation, when we're on some tropical island somewhere surfing and drinking lemonade, that's usually not when God can speak to us his life-changing messages to our heart. Why? Because we're caught up in vacation mode where we're thinking about other things and everything. But when everything starts turning sour and everything starts turning upside down, well, one thing for sure, that's when we start listening to God. And this whole storm and Jonah getting tossed overboard into the ocean, I mean, that was a major wake-up call for Jonah. I mean, just imagine the feeling of being cast overboard in the middle of the ocean and you're watching the ship sail off into the distance i mean like how long could you personally dog paddle out in the middle of the ocean how long could you even stay afloat before you just sank like a rock and drown jonah must have thought well my life cannot get any worse than this but when you're rebelling against god don't ever think it cannot get any worse because life can always get worse. I mean, like who would have thought in less than two years of our current president, since he took over, that we would see such radical inflation, that out here in California, $6 a gallon gas, crime skyrocketing with no sign of change anytime soon. Yes, things can always get worse. That's why we need to seek the Lord sooner in our lives rather than later. But Jonah, oh no, he didn't do that. You know, and his day got a lot worse as a giant fish swallowed him whole. Now, at some point is where the Psalms comes to our rescue here. It's like, you know, the Psalms many times here will give us times of rescue because we're told four times in Psalm 107, he says in verse 6, verse 13, verse 19, and verse 28, he says, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distresses. I wonder if anyone needs to hear what Psalm 107 has to say to you today. Again, four times in that Psalm, he repeats himself. Again, verse 6, verse 13, verse 19, and verse 28. He says, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Are you crying out to the Lord in your trouble? Are you crying out to him? Are you trying to fix it all yourself? Hey, how can I do this? I can shift this or not. I can put this on the credit card. Are you just trying to manipulate, calling a relative, calling a friend? At what point do you call the Lord? It says, when you cry out to the Lord in your trouble, he says, he will deliver you from your distresses. Again, I wonder, do we know that? It's what God does. He delivers those who seek after him. But that's not the case with this runaway, rebellious prophet Jonah. He doesn't say a word. How can that even be? I mean, think about it. I mean, it's like a giant fish just swallowed you. I mean, like, hello? It's like you're in the belly of a fish sloshing around in the stomach acids. But see, many of us will do the same thing. You know, we get in way over our head. You know, a marriage on the rocks, children out of control, massive debt, an addiction that's taken over us, and we just sit there you know, like Jonah, and we do absolutely nothing, you know, you know, instead of falling on our face in prayer, 
You're not seeking counsel for help. You're doing absolutely nothing. I think about our church, you know, here in Los Angeles. We got, I have five pastors on staff, six including me. We're, we're there, you know, from Tuesday all the way through Sunday. We're closed on Mondays, but we're there from 10 to 6. It's like, I mean, someone has a problem in their marriage. Come and see us. You got problems you need counsel? Come and see us. Are you desperate in your singleness? Come and see us. We have a pastor that can sit down with you and talk with you and pray with you and expound on God's word for you. You know, one thing that I notice in most marriage counseling, it's like when you come in for marriage counseling, you're about two years late. That's right. You should have come in about two years ago. Usually when people come in for marriage counseling, it's like it's when they're at their last straw, when they're ready to rip each other's face off. It's like maybe you could come in when the problems are starting, not when the problems have compounded to the point where you're ready to just walk away. Well, getting back to Jonah, after three days, after three days, yes, after three days of sloshing around in the belly of that fish, you know, that could be described as, I think, a pit of misery, don't you think? A pit of despair with seaweed wrapped around his head, the Bible says. The Bible says he was ready to check out. He was ready to die. Jonah finally cries out to the Lord using terminology from the Psalms as he cries out, in, you know, Psalm 1810, he says, the cords of death encompass me. Jonah's entire prayer is bits and pieces from the book of Psalms. From Psalm 16, he says, you can bring me up from the pit. Psalm 142, he says, I was fainting away. My spirit was overwhelmed within me. Psalm 77, he says, I will remember the Lord. Psalm 11, he says, my prayer to you in your holy temple. It's like all of these bits and pieces of Jonah's prayer as he's getting ready to die in the belly of this fish, they're all from the books of Psalm. And why did Jonah have this confidence to pray in his total despair? Because he quotes Psalm 3-7. He says, save me, oh my God. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Boy, I wonder if there's anyone that needs to say that here today. Oh, God, just save me. Save me from myself. Save me from my misery. Save me from all the problems I'm in right now. Yes, when Jonah was getting ready to die, when he was on his last breath, his heart embraced the Psalms that he had soothed his soul and other times in his life. Yet, let's not be like Jonah that only embraced the Psalms when we're on our last breath. Let us embrace them now. Let us take advantage of them in the here and now. I encourage you to check in with us and listen to some of these psalm messages that are happening on, you know, uh, Thursday nights here at our midweek Bible study. You know, that's why we go through different books at Core Church Los Angeles here, because we want people to know the Word of God inside and out. Listen, I think pastors are like anyone else. I mean, there's certain places that we favor, that we maybe are well-versed in and what have you. But when you walk through the Scripture and you teach a book, book by book, chapter by chapter, it makes you deal with every aspect of life. And this this is one of the cool things when you're walking through a book. Now, 
Now, we're not going to look at every single psalm because some of them are repetitious and what have you, but we're going to look at the bulk of them, and it's going to deal with every aspect of life. I hope you can join me on that. You know, you can always download our free app. You can watch live on the computer, or you can watch live on the free app. You just go to the app store and just, you know, download the app. It takes like, it's amazing to me. The app takes like, what, maybe six eight seconds to download and then when you have it now there's hundreds of video messages there that you can send to other people you can tell other people to download them hey listen go to our recent messages here and listen to this message if it ministered to you guess what it might minister to someone you know Yes, getting back to Psalms here, though, Psalms can bring comfort to our souls in every aspect of our lives, from crying out to God, as we just saw with Jonah, to testifying how good God is to the world around us, to repenting of our sin in our own lives. You know, consider David. You know, King David, he authored 73 of the 150 Psalms that we have recorded. David is one of the greatest men in all the Bible, yet his life is one that we could all relate to. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, how in the world could I ever relate to David? Isn't he the greatest king that ever ruled on the earth here over Israel? Yes, he is. Isn't he the one that fought and killed Goliath, the Mr. Fee-Fi-Fo-Fum giant? Yes, he is. Didn't he become the national hero of Israel? Yes, yes to all of that. But he also came from humble beginnings, maybe like many of us listening here on the radio. He was just a shepherd boy tending sheep. He grew up in a day with far fewer distractions than what we have here in the 21st century, which gave David a lot of time to think about many things. In fact, in Psalm 8, David staring up into the sky at night, in awe, he said, you know, when I consider the heavens, Lord, the moon and the stars as the work of your hands, then who are we as humans, as mere humans, that you would even consider any of us? And maybe... You have felt that way at some time in your life. I know here living in Los Angeles, good grief, there is like, you know, 4 million people in the city limits of L.A. You know, there there's 10 and a half million people in the county of L.A. alone. And so, I mean, for the people that live out here, you're, you're thinking like, you know, there's more people that live in L.A. County than the top uh, 10 least populated states in America combined. Think about that. Take 10 other states that have the population of just L.A. County. So it's easy for some people to think, well, who the heck am I? But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians one twenty seven. It says, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. Now, think about that for a minute. Yes, God has chosen, like he's purposely chosen the foolish and the weak to confound the wise and the mighty. Again, that word chosen in the Greek means that God has specifically chosen us for his use. That just means that God has purposely wanted to use us, and he's picked the foolish to shame the wise. Now, that word foolish in the original Greek language is comes from the Greek word muron. Guess what English word we get from that? That's right, moron. <laughs> it's like it can be translated blockhead. And we are to shame 
and dishonor and to bring low the people that are wise. That's the wise experts. Yes, the blockheads will shame the skilled experts. It's amazing to me how some people think, well, I don't know enough about the Bible, and I, you know, I'm not that smart of a person. I don't want to talk to people about Jesus. And, like, you're missing out on God using you. Like, so many times, you know, you'll have a little tug on your heart, and you'll think, oh, I should go talk to that person. But then you say, oh, wait, let me talk myself out of it, because what would I say to them? And what if they ask me a question? I don't know how to answer it. Who cares if you don't know how to answer a question? they might have. Just say, you know, I'm not sure, but let me get back to telling you how Jesus can change your life. Why? Because he changed my life. And then he goes on to say, you know, the Apostle Paul through the Holy Spirit in verse 27 of 1 Corinthians 1, that the weak Those that are feeble and feel inferior will shame and dishonor and bring low the mighty. You know, that's the strong and the valiant. See, David is a prime example of this. He was a shepherd boy, and shepherds were considered unclean in biblical days. They were considered untrustworthy, nomads, gypsies, you could say. And David was a shepherd. And at one point, the prophet Samuel was told to go to Jesse's house. That was, of course, uh, David's dad, to anoint the next king of Israel. For King Saul had failed to listen to God. So when Samuel arrived, he saw David's older brother, Eliab. And he says, oh, this guy's the whole package on the outside. And it was easy for Samuel to fall under that, you know, thing that we all fall under. When someone looks beautiful, we think, oh, they're beautiful. When they look brave, oh, they got to be brave. When, when they're, you know, looking good, they have to be a good person. But again, that's where God said, you know, no, I, I don't look like a human looks. Yeah, I don't look at the outward appearance. I look at the heart. I've rejected that guy. Yes, God rejected David's older, tall, dark, and handsome brother, along with all David's seven older brothers. And God sought out David, just a youth at the time, and he filled him with the Holy Spirit. Not long after this, David came to give supplies to his older brothers and at the front line of battle, only to overhear the insults of a Philistine warrior named Goliath, who was nine foot six inches tall. He was seasoned in battle. He was their champion, and he was trash-talking the armies of the living God. Yet God's people, they were just stuck there, frozen in fear. Let me ask you, have you ever been frozen in fear? Have you ever been filled with anxiety, coupled with panic? It's easy to happen in this unstable world that we live in. But yet David, as a young teenager, he didn't see Goliath the giant. He saw a man condemning God's people and mocking his God. And filled with the Holy Spirit of God, he went out into the field for battle and removed Goliath's head from him. Yeah, you're a little top-heavy there. Let me remove your head from you as he killed him. Proving that God can take the weak things of the world and crush the things that are strong. That's why David was able to say in Psalm 23, 4, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Remember, it's only when we walk through the valley of death with the Lord that we will not fear what's in the valley. Proving once again, if we fear God, we will fear nothing else. But if we do not fear God, we will fear everything else. I wonder how fear has engulfed some of you. 
afraid of tomorrow, afraid of what tomorrow might bring, afraid of where things are going to end up with you. Listen, God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And when we turn ourselves over to him wholly, not just H-O-L-Y, but wholly, W-H-O-L-Y, wholly, okay, wholly to him, that's when we will experience God moving inside of us. Yes, David became a champion that day in the eyes of God's people, and he would become a national hero of Israel. But listen, only God can take a young shepherd boy and turn him into a giant slaver. That's maybe why David said in Psalm 9, verse 1, he says, I will give thanks to the Lord with all of my heart. I will tell of all of your wonders. I will be glad and exalt in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Do we have anything that we're glad and exalt in the Lord in? I mean, are we singing praise to his name? Listen, maybe when we would open ourselves up to being used of God, that God would start working in and through us, and we would have praise to give to his holy name. Yes, David had a lot to be thankful for, and so do we. And for even though we live in a broken world that's turned its back on the laws of God and has embraced sin while refusing to repent, we, as the children of God, if we repent, God will bless our lives. Think about that. We live in a broken world. We live in a world that's walked away from God. But yet if we, as God's children, rise up in this time, we can be blessed in the midst of a broken world. I like what we're told in Psalm 3, 8. It says, salvation belongs to the Lord and your blessings be upon your people. Yes, God wants to bless his people. David experienced the blessings of God throughout his life. Yet that doesn't mean it was all trouble-free. He had to endure attacks from surrounding enemies. But the Lord delivered David. Let me ask you here today, do you have enemies, those that are against you? Maybe I should just ask, do you have family members that are not for you? Maybe you have people at your work that don't have your back. Well, When we put the Lord first, then we can rejoice in the Lord because he will never leave us or forsake us. And we can embrace what David said in Psalm 18, 1, where he said, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress. He's my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from all my enemies. Wow. Yes, when the Lord is our rock, when the Lord is our fortress, he becomes our refuge. When our salvation is in the Lord, he becomes our stronghold. When we call unto the Lord, when his praises are flowing from our lips, that's when we're saved from all of our enemies. And sometimes our biggest enemy is us. We're our biggest enemy. And that's why, you know, we need to repent of our sin. Listen, if you're walking away from the Lord right now or you feel distance, listen, if we feel distance from the Lord, it's usually on our end. It's not God because he doesn't go anywhere. He loves us. You know, maybe you need to cry out to the Lord right now like David did, you know, where he says, you are my rock. You are my fortress. You are my deliverer. You are my strength. Listen, if you've drifted from that, it's not a nice place to be. 
it's a pretty scary world that we're living in right now. There's a lot of strange things that are happening right now. It's getting more and more difficult. And look, if this is the last day call right now, it's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse. This is why we need to cling to the Lord in this time. Listen, if you find yourself distanced from the Lord and you need to get right with him, then why don't you get right with him right now? Because let me just ask you a point-blank question. Are your sins forgiven? Do you know that you're going to heaven? Are you sure? Listen, if you're not sure, let's get right with the Lord. Because it's like there's never a better time to get right with the Lord than right now. So I'd like to lead you in a prayer. This is the prayer of repentance. Only you can pray it. No one else can. But if you want to get right with him, you pray this now. And I promise you, God will hear you. You might say, well, pastor, you don't know what I've done. I've been really bad. Well, hey, listen, if you think you've been bad, you've probably been really bad. But that doesn't mean God can't forgive you. If you're sincere, God will forgive you. Pray this now. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe you died for me and you were buried, but I believe you rose again. Come inside of me. Help me to walk with you. Be my Lord. Be my God. Be my Savior and be my friend, and fill me and refresh me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, I'd like to send you some materials to help you and encourage you in your walking relationship with Christ. A Bible that's got about 50 pages on the up front that really talks about walking with Him. So text me at 323-807-3255. That's 323-807-3255. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, all one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.